Hello and welcome to Beyond the Dashboard, your guide to understanding the world of key performance indicators. I'm your host, Steve Taylor, and each episode will be demystifying a new KPI, diving deep into its significance, debunking myths, and offering actionable steps for improvement. Whether you're leading a small or large MSP, or maybe just a brilliant technician looking to level up your business management skills, this is the place for you. So sit back, tune in, and get ready to go beyond the surface, beyond the complexity, and truly understand what lies beyond the dashboard. My guest today is Dave Sobel, host of the Business of Tech podcast, co-host of Killing IT, and editor of the Business of Tech. Dave ran his own MSP for 15 years, then moved to the vendor side of things for Logic Now and then SolarWinds through acquisition. Dave's going to teach us about P&L statements today. Take it away, Dave. So the quick thing is, you know, when you asked you like, hey, I'm doing a show about uh, metrics, I was like, well, there's only one I care about. It's profit and loss. Like, you know, every, like, all of the other things drive that one. You got to have a solid understanding of your profit and loss statement and how that all works for all of the other KPIs to make any sense. Because businesses are in the business of creating value for the owner and the people that work there. If it does not do that, I don't care how great your ticket metric is or your close rate or your ratios. Like if you're not actually making any money, what's the point? And so let's, so I say, let's, let's start with that. And so I use this, I, you know, I use this PNL, which is kind of a model one that I've used to talk to providers, to vendors when they say, well, what do you mean? Like, what does a typical MSP look like? And I'm like, okay, well, there is no such thing as a perfect typical MSP. We can break down all the different varieties of them and how they look. But I have this version where I sort of like to talk about, let's talk about one that's kind of broken the, the million dollar barrier and one that hasn't broken the million dollar barrier because you know there's a long tail of providers and so that's these two versions that i often talk about and i just that way we've got some numbers to talk about when we talk about a profit and loss state so this one essentially like hey they're making about a half a mil a little bit over that uh they've got a nice stable book of, of monthly recurring revenue um so they've actually done this kind of thing and then i then i always say like let's look at you know that's the top bit and by the way you know like Top line matters. Like the biggest growth driver you can do to your business is add revenue. <laughs> like that, that is, everyone always talks about like, oh, I'll make everything more profitable. Like you want to make it more profitable, put, put more money through there without increasing costs. Like that's just the best lever you've got. So let's, so always start with revenue and understand where you're at revenue wise. Then you pull out your cost of goods sold, right? And that's, and I always say like, you've got to include two major areas in there, your engineering salaries and your technology tools. Those are costs of delivering the service. So you pull those in next. And I remind everybody, your engineering salaries, always your most expensive bit in a managed services practice, like by a lot. And I, I emphasize this a lot because, you know, I, I lurk online, I see what everyone's talking about and I'm like, Wow, the amount of time people spend talking about their tools versus their people just stuns me when, when I look at it from a revenue perspective going, yeah, but your people are so much more expensive than your tools. Like, that's totally where you've got to make them good and well incentivized and working well in your business and execute well and not have too many of them and, and all of that. Like, that's so important 
you know, proportional to your expenses. And that's why what, what I highlighted there. And then of course the rest is like, hey, we've got SGNA, you know, that that sales, the general administration, the expenses bit, that's the last of it. And whatever's left over, that's our profit. So yeah. What would you say is a healthy profit margin for an MSP? Did you know Rocket MSP has a weekly newsletter? Sign up for free at rocketmsp.io today. Your information is never shared with third parties. Well, so so this is a great great question. So like when I do the analysis and I'm looking at that, and I freely admit that I'm not necessarily like an expert on this. I lean on experts in you know, and that's why I'm constantly reading all of the research to try and get a sense of that. I start at the bottom, right? I start at Profit. Like, let's just see. Like, what is this business generating in profit? To take a look at it, that at that, and I start there. And you know, I start with the perspective of. So you ask, what's healthy? Well, I don't know. As much as you can put in there, right? Like that's like you literally want to have as much profit as you possibly can is the ideal business. Now, you've got a bunch of things you've got to do, and you've got to fund your efforts so that number is going to come down from as much as I can hold on to. But, you know, I start, what's a healthy one? I'm liking to see anybody over 12 to 15%, like to the bottom line. If you're over that in a services business, I'm thinking you're pretty healthy. If you're breaking 20%, I'm thinking you're very healthy. If you're you're above 25%, I'm trying to start to look and say like, these guys know what they're talking about and they're kicking some tail and I want to know why. Like that's some wide swaths of that, but I'll remind everybody, you know, when I look at the 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 quarterly numbers coming out of somebody like Service Leadership, you know, thirty percent of the of of MSPs and bars are break even or, or lose money, so they're at zero or negative at the bottom. Now they can't stay there, right? Can't can't lose money forever. That's that doesn't work. Uh, and so I've got to figure out, like, is this a uh, is this an aberration? Is this something? You know, is is this a one time thing? What's the trajectory? And then we start looking into the other bits, like, what's the trending bin? Is this a, you know, is this a cha- what change? That kind of stuff. But asking your question, like, I'm looking for somebody to to consider them healthy, you know, better than twelve percent. And I'm not an accountant either, so I I don't get I, I want to dig into that. How are you paying yourself, right? And I will look and say like. I'm not too hung up if you're an owner's draw or you're a, or a you're, you've made yourself a W two. I just want to make sure it's factored in to the actual expense of the business, right? Like, I mean, I now you know use myself. Like, I'm a super small business, right? Like my little Dave, Dave's media company that makes podcasts, super small business. I take an owner's draw, but when I look at my own P and L, I make sure that I factor that in. You know, and I look and go, okay, that my, I'm not accounted for in this. I want to understand what that is. You can add that back in, you know, yourself just to, to do the analysis. I just want to ask the question. So I'm not too hung up on the mechanism of that, just accounting for the fact that the that everybody in the business should be accounted for. I would argue that anybody who's trying to build a really viable business will always have an eye to understanding that number, how it ties in sort of to that profit number, because it's very, really super related. And they're trying to build it in a way where that is sustainable and tracked because that's a sustainable thing over time that becomes an asset that you can do something with. People get really hung up on EBITDA when you're trying to do financing or you're trying to sell the business. But applying the principles of always thinking that way will mean you'll run a better business even if you're not selling. It's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation. Like it's it's a it's mainly it's an accounting methodology that makes sure that you're accounting for everything. 
it should be correctly represented in a PL statement when put together cor- correctly. Like pro- when I'm talking about profit at the bottom line, it should ultimately directly translate into to EBITDA. But at the same time, I don't get too hung up on it for most providers that I'm talking to. I just want to look at your PL. I want to see that profit number at the bottom. And I want to see it be healthy. I want to make sure that it, you know, that this business is making money um, in order for it to be viable. Fundamentally, it just comes down to that. When we're looking at our PL, is there one section that is more important that a business owner should worry about above all others? Or is the whole thing the picture that you need to be looking at? Well, it's all one story. So a profit and loss statement together is the entire story. And you need to understand the entire thing in order to, to really make great decisions. But but at the same time, most of us like, you know, don't come but you could either come with this engineering background or maybe they're a salesperson. You may not come at this from a financial background. So by the way, it is okay to continually be learning and asking more questions about this on an ongoing basis. I don't expect anybody to have perfect insights into this. And by the way, you should work with an accountant, a bookkeeper who can help you with a lot of the answers to this. Note that a, a profit and loss is a, is a statement in time, right? It tells us as of this date, this is the situation for the business that has happened during this time frame. So ultimately, when you talk about making decisions based on it, I want to see what's happening trend-wise. So I will take a look and say like a profit and loss statement that shows me just the first half of the year. Okay, that's helpful. What's better is showing me like, well, what's happened the past three quarters? Like what's hap- what is happening in this business? And actually, for me, I will start with, you know, like looking at the bottom, okay, your profit is getting better. That's good. Why is your profit getting better? Which of the numbers changed over those time intervals to know that your profit is getting worse? What changed that made those time intervals happen over time? And then I will start digging into, for me first, I'll look for the big swings. Like, well, what changed? I compared different quarters to one another. Did something happen from an expense perspective? Maybe you had to spend some money. Maybe you had to invest in something. Maybe a client changed, right? Like a client got a lot bigger, a client got a lot smaller. Let's understand that. And then we ask the why. Well, why did that happen? Was that something that you did? Or is that something that happened to you? Right? And it's boiling it down that simple. You made a decision that caused something. Is that a decision we want to keep doing? Like particularly, you might say, oh, we ran these three marketing campaigns. Lo and behold, we now have, you know, slightly more revenue. Well, that seems good. Are we going to do more? Are we going to, are we going to spend more money on marketing? Or we might say like, hey, we've got, you know, we've increased our number of customers. We've added three customers this, this uh, past quarter. That's great. Why did that happen? Did that happen because of efforts we did? Did it happen accidentally? Is it some combination or do we not know? And thus, how can we continue the behavior that we want? Or how can we remove things that we don't have, that we don't want to see in the business anymore? I'm a rolling four quarters kind of guy. (laughs) Like that's, that is, because so, so this is where like, I love small business, right? Like I love it. I I marinate in all joyous small business things. But most of us that think about business hear too much advice that's designed for big companies, particularly public companies, right? Who are like reporting quarterly and have fiscal years and these very defined structures. 
that don't matter in SMB. You know what matters to me right now? I'm a doom right now. How did I do the past year? <laughs> you know, how is my last four quarters look like? What's my next quarter? What's the quarter I'm in gonna look like? And the next one? And in most cases, for most of us, beyond that is wishing a prayer anyway, <laughs> right? Right? Like it just kind of is. And so I run my I run my business. I do my analysis on small companies that way. I think about the last four quarters so that I can see what's happened. I look at the quarter they're in, and I like to understand like kind of the intention for the next quarter. You know, and then then if I if I want to get into strategy, I will often talk about well, what are you what are you targeting. Like, what's the goal? And what is, you know, and then I say like this quarter, next quarter and everything else that's directional and that's okay. And as long as every quarter I'm making those adjustments, I'm heading in the right direction. And for most small businesses, that will totally work. It absolutely works. And you don't have to overthink this in terms of massive multi-year comparisons or having to have perfect three-year projections. Most of us are operators running a small business. Make sure this quarter is going okay. You got a reasonable plan for next one and a target beyond. Can I pay my bills this quarter? How's next quarter looking? And if you just get the discipline to do that, trust me, you're doing great. You are doing better than most. <laughs> you are, and and anything more, oftentimes we get all hung up on how complicated it is. Like, well, I've got to do these massive projections. No, you really don't. Like, just make sure this quarter is good. You got a sense of what the next quarter is going to do. You're planning, anticipating, well, that'll do. And if you keep doing that every single quarter, you will keep improving every single quarter. Yeah. So how, how do we make reasonable goals and how do we know what's reasonable? Well, so it's great. It's a great question, right? And, and for those that are listening on audio, I have a sign in my office that's behind me. Is we have a strategic plan. It's called doing things. Like literally, I, I think about it in that way. Is oftentimes I have, I have a goal and I have a target, and my do. What are the things that I'm going to do to get to, get toward that? So to answer your question, I can get a sense of what my business looks like. Last four quarters, say in your example, you know, if you're doing a hundred thousand dollars a quarter, you're right. Saying I'm going to do a million dollars this year probably not true. But if you've done a hundred thousand dollars a quarter for four quarters, you've made four. You're making four hundred thousand dollars a year. It seems reasonable to me. You could probably do an increase of say twenty percent, and you might be able to do that. If you can do that consistently over time, you will then hit your million at a time frame based on the math, right? Like just figuring that out. And so when I say is when I think about it as a target is if I say I want to run a million dollar business, I put that as a long term target and I break it down based on my current trends and say, well, how can I how can I get there based on my current trend? How long will that take? What can I improve incrementally to keep getting there and start accelerating it? And I know if I can keep improving each quarter, I should be able to make that line start going up and up faster, right? Like going, the, the line goes up faster so I can start accelerating that. And if I can just keep doing that, the business continues to improve. So don't get too hung up on the like, I must do a million dollars this year. It's like, well, how much can I improve this, this quarter to next quarter that starts the trajectory the way that I want it to go? And what are the levers that I can pull? And ultimately, you can look at your PL and start figuring it out, right? You can say, well, there's two basic levers I can pull. The first is, is you know, if you look at a profit and it's not where you want it to be, I can, of course, cut costs. You should always be looking at, you know, when you're a small business, 
you should be like aggressive about costs, like being careful to only buy what you need to. Every nickel is a manhole cover. It's heavy and hard to throw. <laughs> so be super careful. And by the way, I've watched a lot of MSPs get super wasteful on a thousand tools that they think will solve every problem. That's not like you need to be careful. And then the second thing is, is well, what can I do to make my top better, bring in more money? And you ultimately have kind of two levers to that. You can add customers, you can change prices. Kind of your two levers to that, right? Or sell more to your existing customers. That's what I mean by chance. So, so you can do those three, you can do those sort of activities, and those are the things you can do. And you wanna make sure that you're doing all of the right things in that bucket to make sure you're driving more money. Am I selling as much as I can to the customers that I have? Am I charging them the right rates that makes make enough money for me? And can I do things to acquire new ones? By the way, welcome entrepreneur. It's tough, you're gonna have to do all three. And there's also mergers and acquisitions that we haven't even touched on. As a third lever, I know that ultimately is adding more customers, but when when you acquire a business, you, you've just acquired a, hopefully, uh, a huge boost to your top line. Yeah, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say like, for most, don't spend a moment thinking about that problem. Like just don't. Just don't worry about that. You know what? You can if you want to if you want your business to be super valuable, you focus on it being a thing without doing mergers and acquisitions. Like, come on, that's a distraction when you really should just go out there and do a really good job with your customers. And by the way, if you do those things, you will become a target for acquisition. Cool, that gives you an exit. And if you've built a good business, you are well positioned to do an acquisition. I think too many people that are not running a good business think that this, that an M&A kind of activity is like a magic wand that will solve all my problems. If you're running a bad business and then you go do an acquire, you just have a more complicated mess. Who wants that? That's not a good idea. <laughs> Instead, focus on making your thing really good and the M&As will come naturally because of that if the business is running well. Well, I, it's sometimes that we overthink a lot of this stuff. There's a million things we could do, right? Sometimes the basics really are the basics for a reason. I kind of like classics, right? They're classics for a reason. They're timeless. It's good advice. It'll keep you focused and it'll keep you focused on the simple things and don't get distracted. Thanks for your valuable insights, Dave. I really appreciate you being my guest and educating my followers. We've all been there. The phone rings, your largest client is on the line, totally panicked. Their CEO spilled coffee all over her laptop and it's completely dead. Everything she needed for her investor presentation tomorrow was on that laptop. There's nothing more heart-stopping than losing business-critical data. Whether you get hit with ransomware, hardware failure, or human error, data loss can be a business-ending event. Backups are your final stand when a threat penetrates your layers of defense. That's where Comet Backup comes in. Comet is a secure, reliable backup solution designed specifically for MSPs. Protect computers, servers, 
virtual environments, emails, and databases. You choose where the data is stored. Back up to local on-prem storage or any of the leading cloud providers to slash your storage costs. Comet grows with your business with scalable per-device pricing. Test drive Comet Backup with a 30-day free trial. Get $50 free credit when you sign up with the promo code ROCKETMSP. Start running backups in 15 minutes or less at CometBackup.com. Comet Backup, the backup solution that MSPs trust.